Welcome to a new spin on autism. Answers with host and international speaker and performer, Lynette Louise. Besides working on her doctorate in psychophysiology, Lynette has raised eight children, six adopted, and four of them falling somewhere on the autism spectrum. Laugh with her, cry with her, as she talks to both experts and parents and takes you through the often confusing, sometimes frustrating, sometimes overwhelming, but always fascinating world of autism. Hello and welcome. This is a new spin on autism, Answers. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host. And today we have stories for you. Make sure you stick around to the very end because that's when we pull it all together in Stories from the Road. And just before that, okay, 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 we got the great guest giveaway. So today is jam-packed, jam-packed. And we really are going to go where some people would be afraid to go today. In today's show, we are going to examine the question of why the heck don't people know that it's just autism, it's not necessarily I'm a bad mom. Okay, I haven't really figured out what I'm going to title today's show, I'm just doing it off the cuff, because I was able to get someone real special to talk with us today. Um, To lead into her, I'm going to tell you a little bit about me again. So, okay, so when I was raising my kids, this was when nobody, you know, they're old now. Now You know, even my grandkids are old now. It's getting scary. So way back when, nobody knew anything about the sensory integration disorder aspect to autism. So if your children were doing stuff like stripping their clothes off the second they got home from school because they wanted to be naked or um, strange stuff like um, my one son liked to look at cat's bums, of all things. Um, It wasn't because we did anything to cat's bums, I promise you. But they get weird ideas in their heads, and the authorities at the time, knew nothing, nothing about what would be coming strictly from the disorder and what it would look like or, or would it indeed look different if there were some kind of abuse going on. And so what they did was they took the parameters or the ideas from quote-unquote neurotypical homes and what it would look like, what those symptoms would be like, and they would apply them to homes where you were dealing with sensory integration disorder, autism, et cetera, et cetera. So my one son used to love to suck on tailpipes. And, you know, he liked it because it burned his lips. But that was too completely ridiculous for anyone to understand um, at the time because they thought, wow, that would hurt, so that can't be it. Even though he'd stand up and smile and say, oh, I burnt my lips. Uh, (laughs) They just would, like, ignore that and think, ooh, he's sucking on tailpipes, which is phallic. And so we got all kinds of attention, and we're constantly explaining. And as soon as they spent five minutes in his company, they'd say, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, and they'd leave. But it was always disruptive, always an issue, and very offensive to me to constantly be having to, to, like, I felt like, have a file somewhere, like, you know, let me put something on my door, and you'll know, and you'll leave me alone. So I thought it would be good to find out if the climate is still like that, because That was quite some time ago, and I do work with families everywhere. Still, I'm not the mom right now dealing with it. I'm the professional helping the families deal with it. So it's a little different. Um, 
And the people that I see, I go in to give whole programs to. We're not, you know, I'm not the local person constantly helping you figure it out. So I'm going to talk to somebody who is an advocate for parents of autism and who is local to her group. And so I think she might have something wonderful to offer. And she's a mom, too. So she's perfect. Her name is Stephanie Richardson McRae. And I've talked to her before, and she's a firecracker. So I might not get to say another word. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you tonight? I'm hanging in there. Okay, so you heard my intro. What do you think about this subject? Tell me, what was the first thought that popped to mind when I when I was t- talking about it? Been there, done that, and I'm getting ready to go that route again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what do you mean by I have, that? Well, I have an 11-year-old um, who was diagnosed through the educational system overseas um, in Germany when we were stationed over there with uh, the military. And talk about, you know, hard-nosed military that really, you know, you, you need to, you know, rule with an iron fist and you need to get your child under control. And then I also have a three-year-old that we have just started. We're in the early stages of him being evaluated to be on the spectrum and okay. who loves to headbutt. <laughs> so needless to say, we look like we've been hitting him over the head with a frying pan once he you know, right. if, if you misinterpret it, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And so, you know, like I said, been there, done that, and, you know, some funny stories of me sitting, you know, I'm, I'm not, like you said, I'm a firecracker. I have a hard time keeping my mouth shut. Um, <laughs> so I remember Hunter was the second one diagnosed, he's my 11-year-old, was the second one diagnosed um, on the military post we were stationed at. And so I thought, you know, educate yourself. Um, Got to know everything there was for autism. Um, He was labeled high-functioning, but at an early age, he was, there was a lack of communication um, for him. So, you know, I remember going to a lieutenant colonel's office and saying, hey, we need to make, you know, people aware because he was a runner at that time. You know, when he got overwhelmed, he was gone. <laughs> and um, I'm a big girl, you know, and it's hard for me to keep up with him. So I remember a lieutenant colonel telling me, well, maybe you just need to discipline him more. And I'm like, what do I do? You know, I'm a single parent because my uh, my husband was deployed at the time, and I'm pregnant on top of everything else. And I'm kind of like, hmm, okay, let's try and figure this out. And I was, you know, you have a hard time labeling your child. You know, it's kind of like, do I really want to label my child as autistic? And um, once you swallow that pill, and get over that your child is quote unquote not normal, that he has he's quirky. And I always say, you know, Hunter's normal. He's just a little quirky and about the way he goes things. But how many times I've chased my naked kid out of Walmart? I have no <laughs> I've lost count. Um the other day I had all four of my children at Walmart and an alarm goes off and I've got my three year old running one way and my eleven year old running the other way and I'm like, What do I do? <laughs> you know, so and people just look at you like, um, you need to control your kid and so there there's that perception out there. Um one thing that we're doing um, in our area is trying to infiltrate um, 
CPS is the big fear for everybody, Child Protection Services. I know, and that should not be the case, but it truly is. And it's like, why should be, we be afraid of the service that should be created to help our, us with our children to make everything better? Exactly, and, and it's lack of education because children with autism are completely different. There is no two that are the same. One might, you know, fire alarms might calm one child and set another one off. Exactly. Um, you know, and, and so each child is different. Um, oh, and you know, and Stephanie, so when I first came to California, I was so excited because I'd always thought they just need to educate and create, like, a special needs sort of branch of children, child protective services, and a special needs branch of the police and stuff. And so I came to California, and they were advertising on the radio over and over again that they had done just that. They had, like, this special task force, and you just call this special number if you're having a problem, and they come and they know what to do. Well, one time I'm with my my son and he punches the windshield and he punches it and cracks it and I pulled over and I thought well I got your number I'm going to call the guys that know what to do so I phoned them up and they come and they knew nothing absolutely nothing and they said well he looks pretty angry do you want us to arrest him I'm like no <laughs> And they said, well, we have this number for this place you can call. They might know what to do, and they'll be open tomorrow. I'm like, thanks. I'll see you later. I'll figure this out myself. Yeah, and that's the way it is. And there is, off the top of my head, his name escapes me, but he is a retired police officer, I believe, who has a son with severe autism. And he has made it his life's mission to travel around the country and educate law enforcement and first responders on how to deal with autistic children and young adults. We've had him here locally in our area, and then we have a phenomenal advocate, um, Anita Carney, I believe you've had on your yeah. um, your show, um, who runs an autism group here, and she's just phenomenal. I mean, probably I would say every other month that she's going to 911 dispatchers. Um, we've started a Take Me Home program that she's spearheaded. Um, if our children are taken off, you know, the, no, the nonverbal children or even young adults or even older adults who are nonverbal or have any mental capacity, you know, oh, and they're, and they're labeled. And it's, it's just phenomenal that it's cut down the amount. But, you know, our child protective services, they don't have training. You know, if you were to come into my home, you know, up until probably about two weeks ago, we didn't have any living room furniture because Hunter would come out of his bedroom, run around about four or five circles, and jet back to his room. You know, and it's unfortunate that, you know, I've had some people, you know, call, I've had to deal with CPS. And you come in and, you know, Max is headbutting the wall or rubbing his face <laughs> on the carpet or you take him in public and he's like from forehead to chin has, you know, rug burn. What's your first thought? Yeah. You know, because it's not, um, because our children have a mental disability, it, it's not, it's not seen. Um, and it's really, really, really unfortunate that they're looking to see what we're doing wrong instead of looking to see what the problem is in order to help. Mm -hmm. And it's a really big issue, and they're not going to be able to do it if they don't get more knowledge about why the kids are seeking to behave in the way they're seeking to behave. We're talking to Stephanie, and she is of uh, 
autism parent advocate, and she's an autism parent, so she has lots of information. You're listening to a new spin on autism answers. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher, host, and talking fast because I want to get back to talking to Stephanie. <laughs> and and don't forget to hang out to the very end when we have stories from the road. And, of course, okay, 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 the great guest giveaway. Okay, Stephanie, so we know we have this problem, and we know that they, you know, they look at these kids and they see them running, and instead of going, oh, they're autistic, they start to run in a straight line and don't know how to turn around and come back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they go, oh, they're running away because they're abused. What do we do about it? Um, I think education's our front line. I mean, you know, like I was saying, Hunter was the second – on our military installation to be diagnosed, nobody knew what it was. And this was 2004, 2005. Um, and I remember sitting in this lieutenant colonel's office and his comment to me was, rule with an iron fist, you just need to discipline your child better. I know it's hard that you're a single parent right now because we're at war, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know what? You're incompetent. Here's the information. Educate yourself. And I will never forget the look on my husband's face when we're packing up our house, we're getting ready to move back to the States, and all of a sudden a lieutenant colonel knocks on our door, and he's like, I need to speak with your wife. And he's like, oh, no, what did you do now? And he, he said, I owe you an apology. He said, and I said, how many cases do we have now? And he said, 36. It jumped from two to 36 in one year. And he said, I need to know where to look and how to get some help for these families, you know. And so I think it's more about parents putting your child out there. Um, You know, I had had said earlier, you know, it's it's a hard pill to swallow. But, you know, and my favorite saying, and and one of um, my friends actually told me this, um, I had just had my daughter and during a deployment and, you know, my son's being diagnosed as autistic, and she goes, Stephanie, you just have to put your big girl panties on and deal with it sometimes. It's life, you know? Yes. And that's my saying. I use it in a lot of my workshops that I do. It's tough love. And um, once you get past the fact that you have to label your child, um, the more you can do for your child. I put Hunter's name out there, and I was like, here's my son. If you see him without an adult call, you know, um, I forgot what the number was over in Germany. And, and, you know, when we flew home to the States, I had a big old sign on him that had all our information on there and a picture of him and, you know, big red letters that he's autistic. Um, You know, you can buy or even make little business card type things that says, you know, my child's autistic, here's the signs and symptoms, and flip it over, and it says this is how you can effectively communicate with somebody with autism. Man, oh, heck, my at one point, Stephanie, I even took, I put flyers in everyone's mailbox on my street and said my son likes to pretend that he needs cookies. He is not starving. He will lift up his shirt and suck his, his stomach until you see his spine and scream. Please do not give him a cookie and send him home. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in any time that you move into a new neighborhood, let your neighbors know. Because Hunter, Hunter was a runner. But, um, you know, if you see my kid outside, something's wrong. Either I'm on the floor out cold or, you know, but he, you know, let your neighbors know. 
Um, you have to put your child out there. Um, I come across, I've had friends that have, you know, in the middle of Walmart and their child flips out, and adult children, you know, flip out, and the next thing you know, the cops are there, and they're tackling them, and, you know, and it's just kind of like, you know, people overstep their boundaries, and I think that really a lot of it is the society we live in today. We hear so many bad stories that mentally everyone gravitates with, oh, my goodness, something's really going on there. Um, I've had families that have been in custody battles where I've, I, you know, and I'm advocating for their educational needs, and you've got mom and dad bickering over, you know, things and taking the, an autistic child who's high-functioning to um, – a psychologist, but not disclosing that they have this label, and then the psychologist goes, "Oh, well, this child's withdrawn. They're, they're, they don't make eye contact. They're limited, you know. So even our medical professionals lack the ability to say, you know, there may be something there. They automatically gravitate towards, oh, well, this child's being sexually abused because they have no eye contact." I know it's so ridiculous, um, and it's so unfortunate because then when it, when the stuff is real, it gets lost, and when it's not real, it gets found. It's just silly, and and it really could be taken care of by a little bit more information out there. But I love what you're saying about you know put your child out there and put yourself out there. There's um, a real you really don't help yourself by hiding. You don't help yourself, and you don't no. help your child. And, and we deal with a lot of parents that are embarrassed, that don't, you know, and they really go underground, so to speak. They don't want to leave the house. They don't want to be out in public. They don't, you, you can't be like that. You know, my biggest I thing, that my, you know, my hurdle was get your shoes on. We got to go to the store and get some milk, you know, and Hunter's gotten on to that. You know, we can get our shoes on and out the door in five minutes. That's a big thing because I have to drop everything because I don't know if it's ADHD or something, but, you know, I'll be cooking dinner and I'll turn everything off like, oh, we forgot milk. We had to go. And it's, it's called stress and having a lot yeah. of autistic kids in the <laughs> Exactly. But that's just me because I'll forget, like, that one ingredient. Um, no, it's because you're busy going, okay, where's that kid and where's that kid? Is that one in danger? Is this one? Oh, dear, the stove. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that's, you know, but, uh, you know, I have to encourage parents just to get out there. Don't worry about what other people think. And as people, you know, I'll never forget we drove or we flew home um, to surprise my mom for her 60th birthday. And I had Maddie, my daughter, was just a couple months old and, Hunter slipped out in the Walmart, and, and I'm guilty of this, and I will publicly admit that. Looking at a kid wailing in the toy aisle because he didn't get the toy he wanted. And I've, I'm guilty of saying that kid needs some parenting. I've been guilty of that. But when we were, we were in the towel aisle or something, and Hunter had rolled out a bunch of towels on the floor, and he's rolling on them. And I was like, okay, that's enough. Let's fold them up and put them back. And he threw it to, you know, to his temper tantrum. I just picked them up, threw them in the basket. And I remember this couple said, and they looked at me and looked at Hunter, and they looked at each other like, that kid needs his butt beat. Mm-hmm. And I had no problem walking up and saying, hi, my name's Stephanie. This is my son, Hunter. He's just been diagnosed as autistic. Here's a card. 
of how, you know, what, what autism is and how to communicate with them and things that they may or may not do. So if you see my son running around Walmart naked later, here you go. You know the, the issue. But don't judge a book by its cover. And I'm, I've just always been that way. That's awesome. Um, That's awesome. So, all right, I think that there's going to be people who might want to talk to you and reach out to you. How would they get a hold of you? Um, best way is by email, um, and it's McRae, M-C-R-A-E dot Stephanie, S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E, yahoo.com. So that's probably the best way to contact me, just to... Okay. In case they need some advocacy, you're out in Waco, Texas, right? Yes, and I pretty okay, much so. cover Waco north to Oklahoma. Wow. Okay, so people in that region, she's there, but I bet you she'd answer you anyway. Oh, um, yeah. One last moment. Anything really special that you haven't already said that you'd love to say? Um, I think that you're doing awesome work, and I'm, I'm really hoping that parents take the heart. Oh. You know, and get your kids out there and put your big girl panties on and deal with it and let's forward, let's educate, you know, the public. Thank you. I think that's really, I mean, that's all we can do. We have to just keep speaking out, speaking out, speaking out. All right, Stephanie. Well, thank you. I really appreciate you being on today. Not a problem. I enjoyed it. All right. Take care. Okay, that was Stephanie McRae. And next up we have, okay, 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 it's time for the great guest giveaway. And I actually am going to have a great guest that's going to give something away, not like last time when I tricked you. Yes, I did. I tricked you. Okay, so today we have the okay, 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 great guest giveaway. And boy, oh boy, am I excited about this one. This is Michelle Petrillo. I hope I said her name right. We'll ask her. Um, she's the owner of Baskets and Beyond. And why I'm so excited is because Michelle and I have made an agreement together. I've given her exclusive rights to sell my book, Miracles Are Made, A Real-Life Guide to Autism, in basket form. Now, how does one read a book in a basket? Um, well, it's pretty simple. The book's in the basket. You take it out. You open it up just like any other book. What's cool about it is why we're doing it and how we ended up deciding to do it and what it will do for the people who buy it. So to, to really talk about that, I'm going to have to say hello to Michelle and not be the only Jabberwocky on, on the podcast today. So hi, Michelle. Hi. How are you, Lynette? I'm good. I'm excited to be chatting with you, and I'm excited about our connection together and, and what we're going to do for moms everywhere. It's very cool. So why don't you tell people a little bit about Baskets and Beyond first so they get a sense of who you are, and tell them not just Baskets and Beyond, the company, but why you do it. Like, what's your what's your story here? How did you get there? Um, back in 1992, I was in the corporate America, and I just was getting burnt out, and I started making baskets and doing things at flea markets on the weekends and for friends, just as a hobby. Well, what's and a basket? Help them to understand. What do you mean by a basket? Like you're actually weaving a basket or? No, creating gift baskets with special themes. So friends would come to me and say, oh, my friend just had a baby. Can you create something? So I would create a baby girl or baby boy basket with all kinds of products in it for the new baby and the parents instead of flowers that just get thrown out afterwards. Oh, cool. So 
I just started doing it as a hobby. How did you? Why? Why did you start doing that? What got? What was the beginning point? That's very curious. It's like I always wonder: How does the cake lady become the cake lady? How does the basket lady become the basket lady? Um, I started selling nuts and dried fruits at flea markets. And I was just trying to keep busy on the weekends. I had something traumatic happen in my life, and I was just trying to keep busy. And people started asking me, well, can you put those peanuts and those nuts and stuff in a basket for me? And I was like, okay. So I just started creating gift baskets, um, which I'd never even known about or never even knew anything about it or how to make them. And I just went around and studied it and learned how to do it. And one day my company was moving and I didn't want to move with them. And I said, you know what? I'm going to take this hobby and this dream and make it a reality. So I just wow. decided to invest in myself and create a business out of nothing that I knew nothing about, with no college education and no uh, experience running a business. And I said, I'm just going to, you know, put my life in my own hands for a change and my career. And I decided to make gift baskets and open up my first store in 1993. That's awesome. What a feel-good business, making people feel good with with little gifts and things, all pretty. I, I mean, that's awesome. It must, and it's you such must a good get feeling. feel good. Oh, yeah. It's a great feeling when I know I'm Easter or Christmas or, you know, special occasions. Somebody's opening up one of my baskets and enjoying it and just ruffling through it. It's not just one gift. It's so many different gifts in one, and they get to search through it. And it's, you know, it's it's just a fabulous thing that I love to do. I love to create, and I love to be challenged. Like, you have challenged me. Okay. Well, we'll get to that in a second. Let's let's stay with this in a linear sense, because I'm really enjoying hearing the story of the unfolding. So when did you decide to put books in? Was that right at the beginning, or how did books become a part of your basket? No, just um, recently with the books. But it was always... The theme of my my store, my first store, was take a basket off the ceiling, go around and fill it up with anything you want, and then we'll wrap it for you. Because I always wanted them to pick out the things that they knew the person would like and enjoy, and not just picking from a catalog A, B, or C, and then sending the person something they wouldn't like. Because there was a lot of catalog companies out there, and but they were they had to get with that person with that catalog company was telling them they had to get in a basket. So I wanted them to create their own theme and their own basket because they know best what that person likes or dislikes. I, I don't know, so it's better for them to do it. So for the first few years, that's what it was like, where they would give me a, you know, oh, the person is a diabetic or the person loves chocolate. So I would create a theme. So it just goes along with, I always like to personalize the baskets and make a theme. And over the years now, we, I don't have really a walk-in store anymore. It's more online. But... Now I have certain customers that call and want to create a certain theme, and then I can go out shopping for them and create something and get creative. And that's where I came up with um, a couple of people I know have written books, and it's just blossomed into, can you create a basket around the theme of my book? And uh-huh. I can't do it for everybody, but if I can come up with a great idea, 
I try to yeah, do Yeah, I mean, it makes sense because before you could have the people walking through the store and sort of hand-choosing. It's sort of like going into the florist shop and saying, well, she likes carnations, she doesn't like roses. But with the doing it online, the more thematic, the more the presentation kind of represents a group of people, the easier it is for them to reach and ask. Now, do you still make it possible for people to personalize a basket? Like, let's say I said, I want the basket uh, for the autism moms that we're going to talk about in a second. And, um, but I don't want that one thing in it. Could you put something like this in it instead? Would you be that flexible or not? Yes. Oh, yes. that's I cool. I, I want to give them that option where other companies will not give them that option. You have to order what's online. I have over 250 baskets on my website, okay? But if you still can't find what you want, you can still call me up or email me and say, hey, I really like that, but can you take this out and replace this with this? And you know I why that's so cool for us, for the population we're going to talk about now, is because so often in the homes with um, where there's somebody who's autistic or has any kind of sensory integration disorder or, you know, any brain disorder, really, there's or allergies, for goodness sakes, there's things they can't have. So we might have thought it was a great idea, and then they say, well, that particular scent is a problem, and can you switch it? So giving them that flexibility makes it so that they don't have to look at your basket and go, oh, well, that's a great idea, but because of this one product inside it, it won't work in my, you know, for my wife. So, wow, how awesome that you're that flexible. Okay, so let's talk about us. So <laughs> I, you know, it's not normally your your clientele to, to focus on a group of moms dealing with brain disorders and, and exhausted by, you know, life and can't get out for a treat. The best you can do half the time is have the treat come in. So um, it was interesting that we kind of hit on how to present the basket when we got talking. So just for everyone's edification, um, my friend wrote a book, and he told me about the basket lady <laughs> and said, you know, maybe this will work for your book, too. It's really working for his because his fits into corporate America, and kind of it's caught the word boss in the title, which is useful, you know, when you're sending out corporate baskets. And I was kind of thinking, well, I'm not sure, but let's try it. And then, she, and then Michelle had a similar thing. Like you said, I challenged you. So let's talk about our conversation a little bit. Well, when you first contacted me and when John first told me about it, I was like, I don't know how I can create a basket around this. You know, uh, that would be f for everyone and anyone, and how do I do this? And it, it took me a whole weekend. And when I got on the phone with you, I was ready to say, I don't think I could do something like this. And it was really killing me. But once you started talking, because I don't really um, know anyone with autism or no, no moms with autism personally. I know I have customers and I've you know heard people talk about it, but not personally has it affected me. So I didn't know exactly. But once talking to you and listening to your passion and, and knowing more of your story, 
it all of a sudden just clicked and said, you know what these moms need is not a basket full of things for the family or for the child or for the father, whatever, something for them. They are going through so much because they are usually the primary caregiver. What do we give this person to make them feel special, make them take a moment for themselves and, you know, put themselves first? which is so hard for any mom, especially a mom with a special needs child. So we came up with the idea of a pampering basket, something to relax, light a candle, read this fantastic book, um, and just take a bubble bath and just put a do not disturb sign on the door and just take a half hour for yourself. You need that in order to rejuvenate yourself, to, to you know, <clears throat> To just, you know, be able to get back out there and do it all over again. So the, that was the idea. Yeah, and it's awesome. You know, in the book I have this one chapter called Put the Oxygen Mask on You First, and it talks about how when I was first a parent, every time I'd be on an airplane and they'd say, you know, and if in case of a problem, put the oxygen mask on you first and then help your child, I was always insulted and offended. I'm like, oh, of course I wouldn't take care of me first. <laughs> And I know it's funny. So, and then one day I was on the plane, and they're saying it. I guess I'd matured enough out of martyrdom, and I thought, oh my gosh, of course, because I got the whole vision of it. If I put the oxygen mask on my child, and the plane goes down, and I'm dead, and they survive, but I'm not there to like carry them out or help them get through the the rubble, they end up dead too. I'm like, oh, I get it. I can't help my child if I'm dead. I get it. And it's really easy to, as a mom with a special kid, get so busy giving the child the therapies and the time, and the whole family structure starts to circle around the child. And you have to stop, and you have to say, let me get a minute to rest, rejuvenate, and inform myself so the next step I'm better at helping my child, better at being a wife, better at, you know, just being a mother to my other children, being a friend. And so for all the people that know a mom, I said, I don't want her buying this for herself. Actually, buy it for yourself, women. Actually, I like that idea. Claim <laughs> your time. But also, you know, it's hard to know what to give someone who is in this situation because, you know, you're sitting there going, well, I don't know what they want, and they're always stressed, and they can't go out, so I can't take them for dinner. Buy them a basket. Buy your wife a basket. Buy your daughter a basket. Whoever this applies to, it's really any parent of any um, challenged situation would really benefit. But definitely those moms of autism. So I love what we came up with. Can you hear my passion? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Too. I was just so excited because you know what? Most of these women, they're not going to go out and buy themselves foot lotion and shower gel and, and bubble bath because they're thinking, oh, this is selfish of me. So if, you know, their friend sends them that for their birthday or to thank them for something or, you know, just because they love, you know, their friend, now it's no excuse. They came into the house. Oh, well, you now go. I have to use it, <laughs> you know, which they may not do. I, I mean, I personally am not a mother, and I don't have a special needs child, but I could just imagine what they have to go through is just so much, and they really need to take a moment and 
you know, just take care of themselves because, you, like you said, if they don't take care of themselves, how are they going to take care of their children or, you know, exactly. you know, it's it just, and I've heard from so many people with so many different stories, and we just launched this a couple of days ago, you know, that they just found out that their child has autism and they don't know where to go, and they're so confused and everything. And Oh, what a great like, gift for that moment. What a right. great gift. Here, take a minute, get in the tub, read the book, and, you know, take care of yourself so that when you walk out of this moment, you know what to do. That's a great gift. Right, and, it's, and, it's, and they, need, they need some guidance, and they're overwhelmed. And here's this book that comes into their home, especially somebody who's read your book. Wow, what a great gift to give somebody else. You loved it. It helped you so much. Well, pay it forward. Send it to somebody else who is going through the same feelings you're going through and let them know they're not alone. And and this book can help them and show them it's not just a book written by doctors that don't know anything. It's right. about a mother who's went through this. Exactly. And Many times over. Okay, we're out of time, so we have to get to the giveaway. We have to get to the okay. giveaway. This is awesome. And we have to get them to your website. I want them to look at all your baskets. So tell them how to find you. It's uh, www.baskets-beyond.com. And we have a special page that you go to autism page. And this is our first basket. And as it gets bigger, we will add more. It's called Relax and Pamper Yourself. It's $49.99. And it includes a signed copy of the book. And it includes body lotions and shower gels and body scrubs and bubble baths and uh, scented candle and a bath pillow so you can really enjoy and relax. And it's forty nine ninety nine. But again, if you want something a little specific, a little bit, you know, different, we can do that also for you and you know, with the signed book inside of it. Awesome. Okay, and we're gonna give one away, right? Yes. Awesome. This is, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to have the first one be a giveaway. So this is a brand new product, everybody, and, and you all don't hardly ever take the giveaways. So shame, shame, shame. I really want to give this away, and I really want to, um, I really want to help you out there. So come on, do this. The first person to email me at um, Lynette at LynetteLouise.com and put in the subject line, Baskets and Beyond, gets a free basket so come on come on somebody do it okay all right <laughs> michelle thank you thank you so much i'm so excited about what we're going to do for people is there any last words you got about 30 seconds no, I'm I'm looking forward to this, and I'm just so glad that this basket's going to be out there for for people, and it's going to help them, and it makes me feel good. Yay! It makes me feel good too. I love this union. I am very careful not to um, sign up with different people and partner with people that do different types of therapies than me. I like us all to stand alone so that we don't start not telling the truth about each other to try and get more business. And I've been really careful about business uh, partnering, and I've never been more excited about something than, than, than this partnership, so I'm really looking forward to it. So am I. Okay. Take care. Thanks for calling Thank in. Thank you. Okay. Bye. And now it's time for Stories from 
before I started doing my job of flying everywhere and working with families. I just happened to be traveling. And I was sitting there and I saw a woman with three children and she was just so haggard. She was very disheveled. She was trying to make a phone call. She was This was far enough ago that she was using a pay phone. And I'm not even sure they still exist. And so she's standing at the payphone, and she's trying to make this call, and she's grabbing kids and half-swatting kids, and, and clearly, and on the phone you could see she was stressed and having a fight with someone, and clearly this was a woman who needed help. So really, today should be about help. There's all kinds of help. There's the help you give the person that knows nothing and is looking at your child and kind of judging them. Because like Stephanie said, we're all guilty of that. We're all guilty of thinking that we have an opinion that's important because we're uninformed. And then when we get informed, our opinion shifts and changes. So there's the help you give someone when you inform them. There's the help you give someone when you're willing to shift and change. There's the help you give someone when you say, please, take a bubble bath, read a book. I'll watch your kids for a little while. This is your birthday present. And there's the help you give somebody when you see them at the airport ready to kill their kids, trying to have an argument on the phone. It sounds like she's having a travel crisis, and you have a choice. I am proud of the choice I made. And I haven't always been proud of my choices in these situations. I can, I can actually think of a few times where I sat there thinking I should help, I should help, and didn't. But in this story, because that's what I'm sharing because I was a hero, um, in this story I'm proud. As I walked up, and with lovely attitude and no judgment, I said, it looks like you could use a hand. And the really, really naughty boy that was probably a little bit on the spectrum got eye contact from me and silliness from me and attention from me. And I said, relax, have your discussion. I will watch your kids and I will keep them in your eyesight. And I did that. That's all I did. She had at first this kind of like, oh, I'm fine. But I'm, I stayed, you know, comfortable with that. And I'm like, it'll be okay. I'll, I'll help. And, and I'll stay here where you can see me. And she was so immersed in having to have this conversation on the phone that she let me. And I kept the kids close. And we had fun. And her conversation lasted half an hour, and I almost missed my plane. And when she hung up, she sat down, big sigh of breath. Her kids sat on her lap, and she looked at me, and she said, wow, nobody's ever done that. And I said, no problem, got to go. <laughs> so that's my story. we got to help. we got to spread information. we got to spread love. Got to reach out and say, "Hey, let me let me give you a hand." Sometimes we got to help ourselves. Got to put our big girl panties on, take a bite out of life, and help ourselves. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, and this is a new spin on autism. Answers. Thanks for being here. Because without you, I'd just be talking to myself. 
Thank you for joining the show today. Lynette is the author of the refreshingly honest and at times hilarious new book, Miracles Are Made, a real-life guide to autism. You can purchase this and other materials by looking on the webtalkradio.net website and clicking on the covers. You can also click through to our Facebook page and check out any show you may have missed by looking in the archives. We'll see you soon for another edition of A New Spin on Autism. Answers. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. I can't hear.